Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. And welcome to episode 286 of Slamfire Radio for January 10th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew. And I'm Adriel. And I'm Trevor. And I'm Kelly. And we're all here. Woo! Well, seeing as we're all here, there's no sense in us doing an actual show. So that's it for tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. See ya. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. <laughs> and now we will do the most awkward ending ever where it's an hour and a half long where we do the show. Come back soon. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the lines from the guy at the end of Family Guy. Kelly, you're sick. I get it, but you're going to have like, to mute if you're going to you have your little mute death when you hack. There. Yeah, hack on the mute. No kidding. Look at her go, though. Isn't that funny to watch her on camera? It's very mad. Yeah. You can still cover your mouth, you know, even though you're on camera. hello shots fired kelly thinks i'm number one (laughs) oh fantastic well what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the calgary shooting center canada's premier firearms retailer and this week they have the m&p 2.0 on for 569 now that have we discussed on the show yet how ipsic is changing the rules for production we did. We actually had the president of the National Range Officer in cool. Canada. You would think I'd know that being a host. I You'd didn't, think. however. Yeah. Yeah. But now that trigger jobs, trigger jobs, like aftermarket trigger parts can go in production pistols, the M&P becomes a very viable platform now because you can put in the Apex trigger and get a really nice reset with mm-hmm. a really nice ergonomic gun. The M&P Pro. Mm. Is the Pro right. production yes. legal? It oh. is because it's oh. just the right length. See the, yeah. the Glock 34 of Too all long. those. Yeah. Like your Airman P Pro is good to go. Um, the FNFNS long slide's good to go. The Arsenal Strike One, good to go. It's only the Glock 34 that's just a hair too long. Yep. Hmm. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. Those of you who have the MMPs and are like, oh, I'd shoot Ipsic, but I don't want to shoot it with this crappy trigger because, you know, let's face it, they all have crappy triggers. Hate mail can be sent to Trevor Furlot because he thinks the same thing. Um, exactly. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd like to uh, I'd like to try one out in a match sometime just for fun. I mean, I like my Glock, but I like the feel of the MMP. I just always hated the trigger. Mm, yeah. So, I remember you had mine for a little while, and that was uh, that was kind of the deal breaker. Magwell's yeah. good on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, everything's good on them except for the trigger. I just never liked the trigger. All right, I feel like we're talking about the FN because that's how I feel with the FN. And I mean, yep. I a lot of people, I, I, I'm okay with the FN trigger. I'm a trigger snob, and I can live with the FN trigger. Yeah. But now that I could put an Apex in the FNS, ooh, why not? I know, exactly. right? And yeah, I like that that's changed. I well, I kind of like that that's changed. Here's what I, I, I like it because it 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 levels the playing field exactly. a little bit more for the guy. Yeah, because yeah. there are. The production, like built for Ipsic production, those are yeah. never going to be carried in somebody's hip as a nope. law enforcement yeah. officer. But so now you have to get a trigger. Of, now you have to get a trigger for your Glock. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? That's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. I don't. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and this has been happening in USPSA for years now. Ever yeah. since you and I have been involved in IPSC, you've been allowed to work on your striker fired trigger in USPSA. That's why polymer guns have been a lot more competitive in USPSA than they have been in IPSC for a long time. Right. So, and I think the Glock 34 is okay in USPSA, as a matter of fact. So they've been friendlier to the polymer striker fired guns in the American version of IPSC for quite some time. So we're kind of coming on board with that and PCC, which they've had for a few years now. Now it got screwed up. PCC was supposed to be a division of the handgun rulebook, but it turned out to be its own discipline but you're still allowed to use it in a pistol match. As a competitor, you won't know the difference. The match director, however, especially in a level three, has some extra finagling to do to make it so. But essentially what it boils down to is it's a separate PCC match happening simultaneously alongside the pistol match using the exact same stages, but slightly different stage descriptions. It seems to me you explained this to us last time I was on the show. That's impossible, but... You'd never have done that, would you? Repeat myself? Hardly, almost always. <laughs> no, it's good, though. I'm glad that you're repeating yourself because it does make it a bit more clear every time you say it again. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you get better at explaining it. Yeah, well, yeah. I get back. I, I, yeah, it gets a little bit no, more. No, that wasn't a slight time. at you, although I'm certainly glad it was taken that way. <laughs> It was I, it was more on me trying to understand it, and every time you explain it, it's, something else makes a bit more sense. So, so I'm a slow talker, and you're a slow learner, and together we accomplish. We are that. half a brain, Wait, right? What? We we put the mental back, back in, fundamental. in fundamentals. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So I guess I guess um I guess. I mounted for. Did, was this this week or last week? This happened. You weren't here last week, so this is you this week. This is what I had. This is what I did this week. Is I this... mounted four remotely actuated underwing SKSs on an ultralight. Apparently, hmm. interesting. I don't that? see why I wouldn't. I caught that... what Adriel slipped into my show notes and deleted it. Apparently, since you didn't have anything other than this, you it got. By I'm you. going with it. <laughs> I have nothing else, so I'm going with it. I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I can't I'm remember what Adriel wrote. Probably, just... the, the recoil probably slowed down to stall speed, though. Right. So. Probably. You got a new tattoo on your ass. Yeah. I did? No, me. Apparently, oh. I got a 1911 tattooed on my butt. Apparently. I do have your name on my butt, though. And for $5, you can see it. <laughs> um, who True story. It'd be, Matt, it'd be Matthew's point. name. That's no, it's your name. Oh. Your name, Y-O-U-R. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This guy in this area actually has that. Has, and took a while for people to clue in and stop giving them five bucks. I bet you five dollars. I got your name tattooed on my butt. It's <laughs> a money maker right there. It's an investment in the future. Yeah. It was in the eighties in a small area. <laughs> All right. So that's it for you then, Matthew. Yep. Apparently. All right. I should. Uh, um, yeah. No, Trevor. What'd you do? I uh, went shooting last Sunday with uh, the other Trevor. We went to the range. Oh, snow. My God. Uh, I didn't have snowshoes. It was a nightmare. I had to walk in his tracks. I was still well past my knees walking through the snow to that front camp. Luckily, though, it was very warm. It was uh, zero or Wait, even to the plus front two. camp? So you had you had to walk all of about 40 feet? 
Oh, dude, stop. It's it's almost from the gate to that first camp is about 75 yards. No, it's not. Okay, whatever. We Come we'll measure, on. We'll measure There's it in the no spring. Way. I'm Googling whatever. it now. Uh, you do that. Yeah. So anyway, he brought out his <laughs> uh he brought out his Diamondback AR and his um SIG pistol. And I took out the WK, which I had not shot yet, and the Dan Weston nineteen eleven. I had to cite in the Dan Weston and put some rounds through it because I'm using it this weekend in an indoor match at how, the AMA how range. Go? How um, how is it? How do you like it? I love it. It's um it's awesome. Yeah, I You're had awesome. Thank you. That's true. I had one um, one failure to feed with both firearms, actually. They're both brand new out of the box, so whatever. Um, I think it was towards the end with the pistol. I put a mag in, hit the slide release, and yeah, it was it was on a it was on a reload. I was at slide lock, I put a mag in, hit slide release, and it just kinda hung up on the feed ramp a little bit. Right. Um they're all a little different. Maybe this one likes the ammo a little longer than my STI. When I was breaking in that Trojan for the first thousand rounds, it needed to have the ammo quite short, like 1.109 or Ooh. one. Yeah, it was quite short. And um, anyway, now the Trojan's broken in. It eats pretty much anything. It'll eat the factory length of... Um, Expendal nine mil, which I think is like whatever the max length for nine mil is supposed to be, and it'll eat my short stuff. So, oh, there's a sound bite for you. Eat my short stuff. It's wow. thirty meters, thirty meters from the road to the camp. Seems so much longer than that when you're in snow up here. <laughs> it would, I believe you. I just like yeah. giving you a hard you time. Actually, looked that up. That's amazing. I certainly did. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway. Other than that, you know, um, got it sighted in, put about 150 rounds through it. And, what um, caliber is it? 22? Uh, no, it's my new Ipsic pistol, U toolbox. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. So, um, then the. No, really, what caliber is it? What's a 9 mil? Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah. I wasn't yeah, sure if you mentioned it. I was making sure everybody knew. I got you. you no major in classic, or is it you, just. It doesn't matter. You can, but you are restricted to eight, nine rounds eight, in the gun. Oh, so, nine. yeah. Yeah. Well, eight in the mag, one in the pipe, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Classic <laughs> minor will get 10 plus one. So, yeah, classic yeah. major, classic major is either going to be in 40 or 45, and it'll be um, eight plus one. I don't, and, honestly, I don't think it's an, like, I know how you're supposed to get an advantage by shooting major scores, but having two less rounds really changes your stage setup and it, and nobody's wow. nobody sets up stages for eight round mags. Matthew you would be doing so many standing reloads. It'd be ridiculous. Uh, Andy and Steven won't speak to me during a walkthrough. <laughs> no, well, no. <laughs> Why because, would they? You would exactly. totally mess up their game. Well, yeah, I'm like, hey, so did you see this over here? Ah, don't this is their yeah, really, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, no, they have to. You got to relearn, man. You got to relearn, um, yep. and try and figure out a competitive way of shooting the stage and not do standing reloads. So, yep. that being said, I've never done it, and I've got a gun set up for classic major. Um, I'm just lacking the magazines, but Captain Andy has said, you know, bring the gun and I'll give you the mags. So, um, not this match, but I think the next indoor match, I'm going to give that a try. I don't have any 45 rolled up, so I'll roll up some 45 and give that a try. That'd be cool. Just to you see. know, I would switch. 
if it wasn't for the limited capacity because when I compare my times to the other top IPSC shooters in, in our region, my times are right there and oftentimes faster than they are, but I'm mm -hmm. giving up too many points. So right. it's like my style of IPSC lends itself more towards a standard shooter, somebody who... It, it does, where you get more points. Right. Yes, yeah. you want yeah. the major points because you do drop, you know, your, your, your Charlies and Deltas a little bit. Yep. I haven't, I haven't really tailored my game yet to classic minor. I'm still going, I mean, always move fast. Yeah. That's, that's got nothing to do with it, but I'm spraying and praying a little bit too much with this classic minor gun. And I need to yep. slow down and, and follow through and, and finish my shot and not give get, up on the get shot. Get some more alphas, you know, trade off a, a second, not even a second, probably to pick up some more alphas and you'd probably be ahead of everybody else. Well, you maybe you know, instead of my splits being in in the fourteens, maybe I need to be in you know the twenties or something. Yeah, I was going to say the twenties, twenty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, um, well, you know, we'll uh, maybe um, every once in a while, like I know there. Whenever I show up to a match in New Brunswick, and I'm the only guy in classic, and it ha it doesn't happen as much as it used to. But when my first year in classic, I'd be like the only guy in classic at some small matches, and I'd be like, all right, today. I want to see if I can shoot 100% alphas for the whole match and really force myself to slow down. So maybe I need to have a couple of tune-up matches like that where I really make sure that I confirm the sight pitcher before pressing off the shot every single time. And when you do that, when you pick a goal for the match like that, it helps keep you focused and stops all the other stuff from creeping in and somewhat, you know, helps you from sabotaging yourself. So um, on to the WK. So with that gun, I put about 75, maybe 100 rounds through it. All I brought with me for magazines were the new um, full-length LAR mags. So they're a pistol mag, but they're in a full-length body now. So I brought those along, and to my dismay, you're actually able to over-insert those magazines. Now, I've not tried it with any other mag. Adriel, have you experienced any over-insertion? Nope, and I've really abused mine. Really? Yeah. Do you have any of the mags in question? I have a pile of different mags. Do you have any of the mags that I'm talking about? No. No. Okay. So maybe it has something to do with that mag specifically. Um, so that's an easy fix. And it's reality. Not all guns like all mags. So um, the other, but the accuracy, phenomenal. I just simply laid the magazine on the bench and used my elbow. And uh, unfortunately, the 100-yard or 100-meter target was knocked over, and it'll stay that way until spring because this is way too buried in the snow. So at you could just walk out there. It would take you about three days, but you could do it. And But when I got there, I wouldn't be able to get the thing standing upright again, so there's no <laughs> point. So, um, Well, you know what? Muffin's supposed to go out with a snowmobile to shovel off the, the house well, prop. Cool. Yeah, maybe he can um, pick it up. Yeah. So anyway, at 25 meters... Um, with my Vortex 1-6 to six Strike Eagle, I was putting them all in one hole with uh, my hand loads and X-Mental factory ammo. Phenomenal accuracy for 25. So if it'll do that at 25, just shooting off the mag with little to no support, I'm sure it's going to be good for an inch at 100. Uh, I would think so. Yeah, I would think but so But we won't too. know until you do it. Exactly. But um, one failure to feed there as well. It... Um, the bolt slipped over the back of the rim and just kind of stopped on top of the case. And it was just a question of pulling the charging handle back and letting it go again. And um, the round went home and, and off she went. I was holding the handguard way up around the gas block 
where the uh, it's piston driven, but there's you know there's a gas block right up at the end of the handguard, and uh, I burned holes through my gloves <laughs> with the venting gas coming out of there. And Oops. I of course I, I yeah I did it like three times. So I'm a slow learner, right? So I would think though if I wasn't wearing gloves. Um, as my grandfather used to say, if it hurts enough the first time, you won't do it a second time. And so probably, next time, where, where'd, you, where'd you hold? Because I've got like <clears throat> I've got on uh, these rubber panels here. This is where I put my hand, and I think that's where the gas comes out. Let me see. Go back to you. Uh, this is me right here. This is the yeah, rubber. The, oh, see yeah. the big hole? That big hole there, right where your thumb is. Right here? Yeah, that's, I had my. Yeah, I, don't, I, had my, I don't put my hand up that high. Yeah. See, I had the meat of my thumb up there. And then I had my thumb up there. So I burned holes through the meat of my thumb and through the actual pad of my thumb. Was so it fun? It was, it was entertaining. It was good did for a while. Did it smell good? Mm, I didn't notice. But it's too, these are my, my, my newest gloves and there you can use your cell phone with them and stuff. So I was a little disappointed. <clears> but that sucks. Yeah. Um, what like else? The gas comes out in the back of that thing, right? Because that, that's where the piston is. So it, it should right. be just right about there. Yeah, I don't think I quite cover that spot. I haven't really noticed anything. I tried to over-insert all these mags. I've got a, a 10-round lar. I've got these Hera mags, some mag pull, some other 10-round mags. Try it with the bolt lock back. Yeah, I've got the bolt lock back. Really? And they're yeah. just going, like, stopping where they're supposed yeah. to? I could hit that as hard as I want to. Nice. Still, still going to, uh, yeah, okay. let pulse rock. So, so it's the mag that's the issue then, Trev. Yeah, I would definitely say so, Matthew. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah try, try it with some different mags. Yeah, see, I will. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Adriel, you liked that I had the MOE fixed stock on there. Oh yeah, I like that. Well, if you're going, if you, th that's the carbine length one, works on the carbine tube, carbine tube, and there's actually an extension to make it you know, a little bit longer, the but it's still it, right? Huh. There's a, th a three quarter inch butt pad that you can get for that thing. That's oh, supposed to get just perfect. God about that. Yeah. No, there's actually a spacer that goes between the castle nut and the stock mm -hmm. that adds about an inch to the length of pull. Um, so I was using that and it was still too short. The length of pull was too short and the eye relief was just awful. So struggled with that a little bit. So I went back to the regular um, collapsible carbine stock for now. They've got some rail on the top. You can you can move your scope back and forth if you want to. Yeah, I'm all the way forward. <laughs> Any further forward, and I'll actually be crossing between the handguard oh, and the and the receiver. So I yeah, probably don't want to do that. No, but uh, I forgot about that butt pad. I might look at that because even still, man, it's it's quite a bit shorter than a six position stock all the way out. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Well. Um. Yeah, I think that's it for that. Um. Oh, and then I did some more um, brass prep and reloading and did some 223 reloading, some 223 brass prep, some 9 mil reloading. Um, uh, my, I was also this thing. You want to switch the camera over, Adriel? We talked about this last week. Adriel or Matthew and Kelly weren't on for this. This is a product called Swagit. And they make it for the 650 and the 550, the Dillon presses in particular. And it's a press-mounted primer pocket swager. And you mount it directly to your press. And it's for swaging on the press. So in the case of a 650, what will happen is your, your first station will still be your full-length resizing station. And the next station is typically where you would seat a primer 
and bell the case and drop a powder charge. Well, you remove the, the spring-loaded primer seating punch and you attach this to the press in its place. And when you push forward on the handle of your press in the same motion that you would normally do to seat a press, what happens is, is you lower the case onto this post and it assuages the primer pocket, gets rid of that crimp that's on military brass. So a couple that, of things are spring-loaded there? There's I nothing spring-loaded. Nope. Well, which nope. part swedges it? The the angle swedges it then. This that, that there's your cutter right there. That post right there is your cutter. Cut it it's just swedging, it's not cutting, right? Well, swedging, it's cutting out the it's cutting out the crimp. I mean, you use whatever terminology you want. There's which a crimp there. Mashing and, it. So it's not the angle part that's mashing it, it's that top part? It's right here, that's right. It doesn't go any oh, further. Oh, I see. My fingernail right there, yeah. So yeah. um so one thing, bloody expensive. This little piece is $10 more than the Dylan Super Swager 6000 or whatever it's called, the bench-mounted one that's blue with the, the big handle and stuff. This little thing alone is 10 bucks more than that whole system. And that wow. system, out the gate, is good for large or small pistol or rifle. So you've got four in one. You can do a large, cal large primer pocket for pistol, small primer pocket for pistol, and the same for rifle. So Which one's faster? Uh, this one, hands down, buddy. This one is so much faster because you can do, you can resize and swage mm -hmm. at the same time on your press. So, um, one, there's uh, a lot of people are poo pooing this product, saying you're going to break your press, you're going to break your press. On the forward motion of the handle, you do the exact same thing you would do if you're seating a primer, and it takes the same amount of force to swage using this on the press as it does to seat a primer. However, when you need to pull back on the handle to remove the brass from this post, that often takes more pressure on the handle than the actual swaging. So what I what I did was I started to apply a little bit of uh, Lee case lube to this tool, and then the brass uh, wasn't sticking on there anymore, wasn't getting caught up in the primer pocket. The other thing I have to say about it is the supplied hardware, there's two screws, with an Allen head of one eighth. Uh, so use a one eighth Allen key to attach the uh, swager to the press. Poor quality screws. I used a new sharp Allen key and the screws were loosening up almost right away, even though they come with lock washers. I did, oh, I did, I did nine mil to start and I did less than a hundred and I tightened it twice. Did and you use Loctite? Oh, that's stupid. I, I didn't use Loctite, Matthew, because, you know, you're it's supposed to be a temporary thing. You just put it yeah. on, take it yeah. off, because you there's a part that's already on the press that works with your primer right. system that you have to remove, and yeah. this goes in its place. So I didn't want to start messing with Loctite. No um, yeah, that makes I, sense. Yeah, I think I'll go to, like, Fastenal and get some better quality screws. I was going to use the original screws that came with the Dillon, but they're they're just a little bit too short, so right. I'll, I'll just take one of these with me to a store that sells screws and... And uh, get some better screws. So get something other than Allen key if you can, because Torx. I'll get some Torx if I can. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but so far so good. Um, it's really going to speed up swaging primer pockets. I got a bunch of nine mil military brass that's uh, got crimped primer pockets as well. So while the press is still set up, I'm going through about three thousand nine mil that I have to load. Of course, I ran into a problem today. It's going to hold up production for a bit, but um, when that when I'm done actually producing the ammunition, 
then I'll put that back on and I got a bucket with probably 3000 nine mil that need to be done. Uh, but yeah, the press broke today and where it broke is not, I can't be related to this, but the uh, crank at the bottom that your handle goes onto, uh, goes it, when you pull down on the press and resize the brass, the bottom of the crank comes to a stop and that part, it's not the first time this has happened. This happened within the first year of me having the press that broke and they sent me replacement parts. So uh, I know it's a crack on it. You can start to feel something felt a little different. You get feedback from the handle. The more you use your press, the more you learn what it feels like and something felt off. So sure enough, I started to do a little quick visual inspection and found that part was cracked. And um, within five minutes, there were parts on the way. I love Dylan. You call him up and Hey, this is what's going on. What's your customer number? All right, Mr. Frillot, we'll send that to 123 Fake Street. Have a nice day. Thank you. And off you go. So, And then finally, earlier today, I was on the CCFR podcast with Rod Giltaka discussing CCFR's TV show, which is on Wild TV. If you have not seen it yet, I encourage you to check it out. It's pretty exciting. It's the first time that we've had a television show produced by a gun advocacy group. It's the first time that we've had a television show in Canada on a Canadian network that deals with sport shooting and, and competition shooting and not hunting. So it's a never been done before again for the CCFR. Um, the polished finished product is pretty good. It's, it's shaping up to be awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, catching the season and, and next season too. So that's it for me. Cool. I guess it's the next person's turn who I don't know what it is because I'm not on the... Adriel! Yeah. <laughs> what did you get up to this week? Well, you know, went to, went shoe shopping. Or let me. Yep, and uh, Kelly. I didn't ask Kelly. I asked Adriel. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Well, I mean shoes and women. You know how that goes. Not really. Yeah, neither. <laughs> why, why don't you explain that no, to us? I'm out. No, I'm out. Okay. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've, I've got this. Uh, I created the, the Canada Three Gunners group, uh, Facebook group. And uh, um, some people know this, but I, I uh, misuse it to my own whims. And I, uh, I wanted to find out what kind of shoes to get. And I know that the, the everyone uses the Solomon Speed Cross. Uh, Heck yeah. But I wanted to ask anyways. So yeah. I asked, and everyone said Solomon Speed Cross. So that's what I got. I got I got some of the Speed Cross GTXs because they're water resistant, and it feels like I'm shooting in the rain about half the time. And yeah. the sucky thing about shooting in the rain is wet feet. So some water resistance is yeah. My second okay. pair were, were the Gore-Tex ones with waterproof. Unfortunately, like I think I, I mentioned in your comments, there I was buying them like a half size too small and ripping out the sides. Mm-hmm. So it's too bad because they're um, the th- the tread on the bottom is actually tread on the I'm on I, I still have all three pairs because even though the sides ripped out, the rest of them are still in pretty like the rest of the shoes in pretty good condition. So I'll still wear them around and stuff. But um, I problem I have I have a wide foot, but they're supposed to come in wide now. So mm, nope the the fours don't. They're actually narrow and screw you if you if you got a wide foot because that's that's the profile you get. Dang. So actually I went with a, an eleven. I'll, I'll normally fit like a ten and a half or eleven. But well, this, yeah, see I went a size a half size bigger on my last pair, and so far so good. Yeah, the yep. the rubber on the bottom is extremely soft and they wear out pretty quick. 
yeah, it is. It is pretty soft feeling. I mean, these are these are like a trail running shoe, so yep. they're really light. Um, they got excellent grip, which is exactly what you want when you're running and gunning. And that's all I'm going to use it for because uh, some some of the guys were commenting that yeah, but if you wear them really hard, you'll wear out the bottom, you'll blow blow out where your toe is rubbing against the side and all that kind of thing. Because again, right. lightweight, um, yep. high speed, low drag kind of thing. I really like the it. laces and the lace up system. Me too. And uh, yeah. listener Mike Roos showed me at the nationals in Calgary what that little thing on the on the tongue is for. The little flap where you put the yeah. laces he, into. Yeah, you tuck the so yeah. Everybody he was seeing with speed cross that didn't have that tucked. He was literally walking up and tucking them in and saying, You're welcome. Mm. <laughs> it's like it reminded me of the time I was taught how to open a banana correctly. Like I've never gone back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, I got some shoes. Uh let's see here. Went to a bylaw meeting for the club. It was interesting. Uh it was boring. I mean, they were talking about bylaws. It's it's not it's like not my cup of tea. Like shooting and that kind of thing, and like helping out where I could, but uh, I want. Yeah, to but if you're could. there for the bylaw discussion, if something stupid comes up, you can at least raise your hand and say, uh, "You really want to do it that way?" Yeah, or you know, just just be there so that um, you know some people can have their say, but ultimately, uh, you know, the club votes for what the majority wants, and I think that's uh, that's what we got. Yeah. Uh, and then this arrived. This fine piece of hardware that it looked smaller on the internet. On you, on Facebook, or bigger, depending on which, uh, depending on which <laughs> you went to. It did yeah. look bigger uh, for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, that's all the girls tell me. Uh, for a while, <laughs> for a while. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I got the uh, get out of the way, cat. I got Born my pictures and uh, MC twenty eight. I put a whole pile of pictures on Facebook. So if you're interested in, in what it looks like, go over and there. Somewhere of the gun. Somewhere yep. of the gun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so really cheap. I got this thing for two eighty nine uh, from Tenda. Wolverine had them for two eighty five for a little bit. Uh, now they're all back up to uh, to three fifty. Um, couple like uh, I, I looked at a whole bunch of reviews on this thing. The Magwell's not that bad. There are some guys complaining about a shelf in there, and there is a shelf like on the inside of the grip right about here. I don't know how the heck those guys were hitting it because I can't get the magazine to hit that shelf. So I don't know if they just never like shot the gun or never like used it. I can't hit it. I can't hit it with this with the with these magazines. It's, it's just maybe not the possible. tolerance is off on yours or on on yours and off on theirs or something. Maybe you got a little big or something. Oh, there's a couple of other goofy things. I I saw people saying, "Oh yeah, the CZ Shadow uh, CZ seventy five mags work," and they're very similar. Uh, you know, like if you were if you're to look at both of them. You'd be like, oh yeah, those, those they look mags. pretty identical. Yeah, those those are the same magazine, but there's a couple little differences. You look at the mag cutout there; that's a little bit different, mm-hmm. and uh, it's different enough that uh, that it won't work all by itself on that gun. You'll you'll either have to make your cutout uh, on your shadow mags bigger, or just use the Gersan mags, or change your uh, magazine release on your Gersan. So that's what I did. I took this magazine release out. I modify it, and now it works with the shadow mags. So uh, now, do your Gersan mags still work? Yes, because oh, cool. all I did was um, all it needs is is that that top shelf is what's holding the magazine in to prevent right. over insertion. It's using the base pad, so you can't actually right. over insert these because the base pad's right there. Right. So if you you could do two, uh, two things, you could um, cut that uh, that slot a little bit lower on all your shadow mags or all your CZ 75 mags. 
And again, oh. that wouldn't hurt anything because it's the top that's doing it. Correct. So the tops line up, the bottoms don't. Correct. Okay. Um, or you can mod the mag release, or you can just use the MC28 mags because the thing with these is they'll they'll work in a CZ75 shadow just fine. Oh, uh, you know, lip a lip a little bit towards the front there. So if you're yep. going to run this for Ipsic, maybe you know get some aluminum base pads or something like that. But these work just fine in in the shadow as well. So cool. interesting, yeah. A very quick quick mod to make this thing work for these things. Now the yeah. uh, disadvantage is that because I cut the bottom of that uh, that mag release, if you were to flip it around for a lefty, that's the surface that is now on the top. So you would just have lost that critical surface. And now the mag will sit a little bit too low. Oh, so that is a right-handed mod only. Yes. Yeah. So if you wanted to do, if you are a lefty, you would want to cut the mags as, as opposed to doing the mag release. I don't mod. think this is a great gun for a lefty. It doesn't have like uh, a slide release on the left-hand side. It's nobody just... cares about lefties anyway. Move on. Yeah, exactly. As Bolivar yells at his screen right now. <laughs> yeah, McClatchy, I'm going to get you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Whatever. Uh, like, so in terms of like internal components, we're all good on this. This is actually, I, I would say better than what the MP system is in terms of the, the way that this trigger works. The thing that I don't like, or the thing that I think is a disadvantage to the MP, MP is the finish on it because the finish is like, it, I guess it's parkerized and then Cerakoted. So like parkerized and then painted. Um, just, it feels a little bit rough and it feels like maybe if he got dinged or something like that, it would pull the finish off. Now I'm not going to like put this thing th maybe i should put it through an abuse test maybe maybe it's cheap enough why not <laughs> yeah it's oh, i mean really uh, at that price it's like a goldfish it's cheaper to not feed it <laughs> but i'll sell it for the exact same price i bought it for it's, it's all in the name of research and development mm -hmm. i mean yeah not that you were developing it but you know well i kind of am because uh some of this information does not exist online like there's nowhere you can find how to uh, mod these mags or the magazine release or any of this stuff. There's a bunch of misinformation. Of people Reason being that, is most yeah. people who purchase that gun are illiterate. And so correct. Or uh, <laughs> it's the first gun and they don't know what they don't know. Right. Yes. Hashtag too dumb. Yes. But I'm trying to make like an article that's got more information. So I'm trying to like add to the knowledge here. Anyways. And, uh, and if that requires you to destroy the pistol, well, I say good on you. Could take right. the one for the team. Mm. I could maybe I could maybe I could do like a scratch test somewhere that's like a little bit less obvious, like on the bottom of it or something like that. Bottom well, of the yeah. slide. T take take the slide off the frame mm -hmm. and just do it on the rail in between, you know, that bottom surface mm. there. You'd never see that. Yeah. 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 Just down here. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. But then I have to do it also with something else with my shadow. Well, yeah, I'll I tell okay you right now, that. your your shadow is essentially painted. There's, it's it's not a blued gun. It's not even Cerakote. I don't know what that crazy finish is. They just Isn't got stainless underneath, though. Stainless, probably not. No, no, mm. no. Anywho, uh, really interesting. The trigger is not as bad as people are making out to be. Again, I think for a lot of people, this is their first gun, and they get like a six pound trigger, six and a half pound trigger, and they're like, "Oh, that's crap." And it's like, mm, my FNS was six and a half pounds. And my FNS did not have a reset like that. Take a look. That's the reset. Wow. That's not bad. And it clicks. Here, listen. Click. You can hear it. Very audible. Uh, that totally yeah. sounds like six and a half pounds. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a six and a half pound pull. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Six no and a half pound pull is shootable. Super oh, God, shootable. yeah. 
it's I, like it, it's challenging. Like I'll, I'll give that. So if you like for a new shooter, you're probably going to be more accurate with a 2011 or a shadow or something like that. But you're not actually going to like improve your skills. No, this this if you could shoot this good, you can shoot all the other pistols good too. <laughs> See what you should do is if you're a, an Ipsic shooter and you have like a three or four pound trigger, you should get one of them to practice with, <laughs> so that when you go to your regular gun, it's like this is easy. Oh man, oh yeah, it's yeah, I can double tap the problem. Yeah. No, I, I, again that that F and S trigger worked in was six 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 and a half pounds. This is six and a half. With all I did actually, um, because you can you can pre wear in two of the surfaces on this thing, with the with the slide entirely off. There's a a, a surface here that wears in, and all you got to do is just take off your slide and just go like this until that surface is weared in. Throw a little bit of grease on there and weared go. Weird. Yeah. you said it. So, weird. Like, from, did from, what did I say? Weird. 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 Worn. Worn. Would be the Worn. word you're looking for. But where does funner? Where where did our grammar go? <laughs> it gone away. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I realized, like, if you take it out of the box and you and you put a trigger scale on it, yeah, eight pounds. But it's eight pounds until you do that yeah. a little bit, and then it's fine. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. Even, I I took no sandpaper. I did no nothing of the sort. I just. Went like that for a little bit, put some grease on it, and it, it pulled it down to six and a half pounds with a decent wall on it, right? Like that first little bit of the click, yeah. you're you're um, getting your safety on the the block there, and then it's just boop. Yeah, mm. you want a good wall. Yeah, good walls are so good. Go to the Americans. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I could, <laughs> I think I could pull like a, a pound off of this thing just with the trigger return spring because I, I I weighed this. <laughs> It's like two and a half. It's two and a half pounds just to trigger and turn. Wow. Our guns will have good triggers, and Mexico's going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to take this out this weekend and put some rounds through it. Whole bunch of rounds. You haven't even shot it yet. I just got no. it. I got. I got. I you do got a this. basement, don't you? <laughs> pillows. Get some pillows. pillows. Yep. Yep. Definitely. It worked for our tree in hotel rooms. A pillows? friend told me. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Make sure you take off the pillowcase first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Uh that's it for the Gerson. Gerson? Gerson? I don't know. Whatever. Gerson. I don't know how you say it. Uh, cheap, crappy, cheap gun. Uh, uh, the only other things I wanted to mention was uh, there's not a lot of like guys doing videos on three gun, but uh, Taylor R has been putting some three gun videos up on the three gun Calgary Facebook group. So uh, go check those out. Cool. That's awesome. it for me. All right, Kelly. Looks Hello. like it's your turn. You can tell us about your shoe shine, shoe, shoe shine, shoe buying, shoe buying. I haven't no. been buying shoes. No. Just, uh, just Adrian. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah, Adrian. 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 <laughs> Close uh, enough. I went down to Michigan and I got sick, so I just wanted to say thank you to Mr. Gallon for that. Got so Gallon got you sick. What did he give you? I had the yeah. plague. <laughs> We're calling it the plague. All right. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's yeah. got everything but, probably. Uh-huh. I'm just Well, kidding. you know what? We did, we did Were talk. any veterinarians called throughout the diagnosis <laughs> of your illness? No. But oh, we... We were saying that uh, whatever he gave us, we're thankful for that because it could have been a lot worse. So, uh, that's I, yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> if all you got from Gallon was the plague, you got off lucky. Yeah. So I think I got it worse than anybody else, but we but all. But everybody got, got a it. piece of Gallon. Everybody got a piece of Gallon. So just wanted to say thank you. It's been uh, two weeks and I'm still sick. So wow. that sucks. Yeah. So what did I do in guns? I did a few things though. Uh, I did want to mention about the CCFR calendars. Everybody register because you know what? On the 15th, we're going live with the draws. So if you haven't registered yet, then you're not going to win any prizes. Of course you did. You bummed me won like 14 (laughs) times last year. I'm going to win more times this year too. I don't even know what mine is. Right. And this year we have guns. So Mm -hmm. if, Trevor didn't register it too bad. I didn't, just but I'm gonna. It. I just don't know where it is. All right. Should, it's a whole hey. lack of incentives to put it up this year. You should hang it up there right beside Miss Yolanda. Well, she's there and she's there and she's downstairs, but I couldn't find her in this new calendar. So I was like, she's not in there. screw you guys. I'm out. All right. Whatever. Uh, you know where she is, though. First episode of CCFR Downrange TV. I know. It was awesome. I was on there. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen 511s look like that. Carry on. He'll so help the, me out here. <laughs> so the other thing that we've been doing is with Maple Seed. Uh, I did tell everybody that we want to hear from you if you want to want us to come and go to your range and do an event. So we've heard from a lot of people. And just to let you know, we are now at that point where we're coordinating oh. our schedules. So we will get in contact with you. So thank you for Kelly, your Kelly, pick me. Kelly, Kelly. Oh, what, if, what if you did it the day after the fourth annual Ronnie DeGroote Memorial Steel Challenge? Yeah, send me the dates. Sunday, June 2nd. Send me the dates. All right. Uh, I did go to SFRC. I went and picked up a couple of things. Uh, Leatherman, you know, a couple of things, but SFRC, love them. What else did I do? Oh, I went to Napanee. I had to go and do my restricted course before I could take any restricted firearms to my new range. I spent an hour there. The restricted firearms the government says you're allowed to possess and transport and own and stuff? Yeah, that I took anyways. Right. Well, not the ones, really. The ones that you have, you have to get the permission slips to take them anywhere? Yes. Yeah, those ones? Okay. Yeah. The, the slip that's now attached to your license as a condition? ATC? Yeah. So yeah. I went and I spent an hour there in a classroom and I didn't touch a gun, didn't look at a gun, didn't do anything. But I now have my restricted course so I can bring my restricted firearms to the Napanee Gun Club, which is awesome. And once I was done that, I went out to the range itself and I shot my 1022 because I changed out the extractor and I wanted to make sure it was working. So I shot and? the... It's working great. Perfect. So I shot the steel challenge, or not steel challenge. I shot the monthly challenge for maple seed and did pretty good considering I haven't eaten anything in a week. I was able to pretty much get everything within a one inch group. So that was awesome. Nice. And did you, did you contact offhand? Yep. Oh, I, I saw the one guy's target there. I thought that was good, but one inch is Dean even had, better. Dean did have a, a, he had a he had a better target than I did. He did. Mine was mine wasn't I I mine was shooting a little to the right, so he had a better target. Did you so, contact Volt Quartzen? I did contact Volt Quartzen and I said, "Listen, I love your extractor. I've used it 35,000 rounds. I would say that's pretty good." I said, I don't know what the average is before we have to change it out. And I told them I'm with Project Mapleseed. And they sent me back an uh, email saying, thank you for liking our product. 
that's all they said. <laughs> so Missed opportunity. Going. I know. Bad marketing people. Wow. They missed yeah. out big time there. Eh. Silly. Silly. Eh. I asked them, like, I would say 35,000 rounds is pretty good. What's the average? Yeah, you should have got you should have got an answer to your question, even yeah. if it was, we don't know. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Thanks bad. for liking our product. Move on. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, so going back to Napanee, I was able to actually see Matthew Breen, who's one of the CCFR field officers. He was out there with his mom, so I gave them some challenge targets and chatted with them a little bit. They're really, really good people. So, I also bought tickets for the Napanee. Uh, they have a fundraiser once a year for their youth program. So I'm going to go on March 2nd and have some prime rib. So I'm excited about that, and I can win some mm. Mm, palm rib is going to be so good. <sighs> yep. And I got interviewed yesterday for Caliber Man. Nice. What about? Yeah. Cool. Well, what do you think? Project Dipstick or VP of Lays programs. It could be either or. you right. got two pretty major things going on. So why don't you yeah. stop being a jerk and answer the question? It's Project Man. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. So that is what I've done with guns. Besides, Question. so what? Um, back to your restricted thing that you took. Yeah. You had to take a course that the club put on that yes. would allow you to bring restricted firearms to their course. To the range. To the range, yeah. So, so the government's already said it's okay to take your gun to the range. With the, yeah, we did the that court, already. The range said, no, 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 no. You need to follow our yeah. rules. Correct. So is it restricted or handguns? Restricted. Right, so I could yeah, go so, with yeah. yeah, I could go with my WK. I could go with my SLR, but you yeah. can't take your AR. Correct. Right, that's so, silly. Any restricted firearms, whether it be a pistol or we an have AR. enough rules. Why are ranges making even more rules? This is silly. They should well, stop they, it. Well, they in should. Ontario, they used to make you take a club level ATT course as well. So this is kind that, of that's like also dumb. Bad. But that Matthew, but, I used to complain about that, and then I was finally told that. The CFO put that on them. It was a mm -hmm. CFO requirement, one of those make it up as you go CFO things. Yep. The CFO mandated the clubs to put this on. That's fine. Uh, so, so at this point, it's I'm not... no longer angry at the clubs. So I'm now angry what at the happened? CFO. It's still dumb. Why are they making more rules? Right. I don't care who right. makes rules. It's dumb. You, we have enough rules. Yeah. So, Kelly, go ahead with your clarification. Well, I, I was going to say, so they took the, uh, so the ATT, ATTs were attached to your your um your license, license. now right yeah. so the clubs were no longer they were kind of scrambling like what do we do like nothing when and so they want to still can they want to cover their ass basically how so, does i know it doesn't do anything because all we did was we just reviewed the rules again about the club. cover their ass like no they're making up bureaucracy where they don't need to like the rest of the country to the best of my knowledge and, and listeners if you are part of a club or a province that requires this please let me know. But for now, I'm going to say, as far as I know, well, the rest of the country doesn't require this. This well, is like a Ontario, we love bureaucracy thing. No, it's not Ontario. We love bureaucracy. It's well, then who club, else is doing it? Is that club specifically? So it's oh. whatever club it is. Oh, so if oh you I want, thought other clubs so, did it too. So did I. Some do, but okay. not all. So certain so, Ontario clubs are still doing this, yeah. even so though they're no longer mandated club, to do it. Right. If you want to go to this club, you have to go to the course. Like I would simply, I would literally like show them my SLR and show them a picture of my AR and go, really guys, a gun is a gun is a gun. And the government has licensed me to take them 
yep. to your facility. Now, if you want to give me a range orientation course, if you want to make me familiar with some specific rules that apply to your facility, heck yeah, I'm all Fine. about that. Yeah, that's that's no problem with that. Yeah, but to to make me take a special restricted course when the only like the term restriction is like a made up government word. It's like borders. They're an imaginary line. A gun is a gun. If I have an SLR or an AR, the only reason the AR is restricted is because they restricted it by name. There's nothing that the AR can do that any other platform can't do. I, if I've got a semi-automatic 270 deer rifle, I don't need a course for that, but I need a course for my AR. Like, it, Please, someone convince me that this is not bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy. It's not. It. it that's exactly what it is. But if you want to go to that range and bring your restricted, you have to go to that course. Here's the hoop. And the problem is, is you can't exactly vote with your dollars because you just don't have enough options. So I went and took the course and now I'm able to take my pistols, my AR to them. I could, I could almost, I could almost accept the pistol thing, right? Because you never really shoot a pistol when you get licensed to own a pistol. So they want to make sure that maybe you know how to handle Safely well, handle your you pistol. Don't, well, you don't handle a firearm at all. Well, I saw six pictures of guns. They said this is where this is where uh, you know. So it was like is. just as useless as your pal course. Yeah, that's exactly what. Oh, it, well, this no, is totally just, bureaucracy then. Not just as useless. That's kind of what it was. They take a little snippet from the course wow. and also, but yeah. And okay, well, I'm sorry you had to endure that. Hey, it's an hour of my life. I'll never get back. Eh, whatever. Yeah. I don't that's know it. about you, but at my age, I'm starting to count every hour like to be my last. So I don't want to throw the ones I have left away. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Cool. All right. Upcoming events. There are none because it's wintertime in Canada and it sucks. Yes. So I guess we'll do some news. Yeah. The uh, first one I have here. Uh, and uh, I, I like the I like the quote out of this one. This is about this uh, gun smuggler. Gun smuggler worries he fueled record year of murders. Uh, this is a, a fellow by the name of Randy Jackson. He admitted Monday that he smuggled 67 firearms from Michigan into the black market in Ontario in 2017. Uh, so uh, yeah, it sounds like this guy brought a whole pile of them uh, into the into Canada on mul- multiple trips, and that's it. Cool. Yep. <laughs> uh, next well, one here is uh, Goodale and RCMP are heading to the to courts for violating the Access to Information Act. So this uh, this started actually a few years back. Um, I believe um, there was a request from uh, a citizen to the RCMP to get a copy of the uh, what's the record FRT. Ooh. Just about how to bring for it there. I did, I did, but then I got it back. Uh, right. <laughs> so it like it's, it's been a while. We're trying to get access to this FRT, which, by the way, we're gover- we're governed by, uh, and uh, uh, it says what's legal and what's not, and uh, it's private, and we don't get to see it. Uh, only business uh, members get to get to see it. This might be because uh, they sell the thing. They sell it to other countries and, and other areas. Uh, as a product that we paid for with our taxpayer dollars. So that yeah, if we paid it for it, we free. should have access to it. If it's being used as a, as a, as a tool to govern us. Yes. We need to know what's very complicated. We yes. should probably get access to it. So we know what's, yes. legal, what's not right. Yeah. Like what if I, what if I buy a firearm from someone that was uh, non-restricted before, and I believe it's non-restricted 
and it turns out it's restricted or prohibited now, I would have no way of knowing. But if I had access to the FRT, I would, wouldn't I? Yep. Yeah, anyways, that's going to court now. So the uh, and the, the the nice thing is that it's uh, it's your tax dollars against your tax dollars. They're they're fighting each other, and uh, we'll see we'll see who wins. Because this, I is hope it's my other. tax dollars. Yeah, me see. I, I hope it's my tax dollars, not your tax dollars. No way. I want my tax dollars to win. Spend it's Alberta's money. It's Alberta's money, no matter what way you look at it. So stop <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is the uh, office office of the information commissioner saying, hey, uh, you guys have to provide access to this. And the RCP saying no. And Goodale saying no. And therefore, they, they have to take them to court now because they have to do what they're supposed to do, which is provide access to information for stuff that's being used to govern us. Yep. There's like secret laws. That's 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 what this is ending up to be, right? The FRT is a secret law, and uh, we need to have access to those so we know what's what's on the up and up. Yep. Any comments? No. All right. Next one. Uh, this uh, next one, you've probably seen this. This is a commentary. Uh, despite a correction, Canada's gun control debate is still tainted by bad information. Yep. Uh, this this comes back to the fifty uh, percent of uh, firearms are now, or more than fifty percent are now uh, domestically sourced. Uh, and, uh, that wasn't true and wasn't true with the information. And it turns out they just lied. So, uh, but it's still being bandied about and used in some articles. Uh, this article was saying, yeah, this, this, this is how it got out. It got out because this one, uh, uh, news agency, uh, sold it out to a bunch of, a uh, bunch of other places that picked it up. And, uh, and now everyone's saying this 50% thing and that it just seems like, once uh once it's it's out of the box it's uh it's out there and other people are talking about it as if it's fact right so yeah interesting thing uh on to new gun stuff uh we haven't seen new mosins in a while so now we've got uh, uh, a retailer selling mosin Nagants. uh this is uh tradex has some yeah price has gone up they're 369 each and uh they're shooter grade Mosins. Oh my goodness. That's the price now. Oh. So if you have a Mosin, well, you know. SKSs are now five hundred dollars. Ah, uh, they are in the States. They're oh, not yeah, here that's, yet. That's different. It's different because they don't have access to exactly refurbs that we do. Now uh, Mosins are gonna be the same thing. You know, those those rifles that used to be like 179, 100, 180 bucks are now worth three sixty, and that's shooter grade. You could buy a second-hand shooter grade with a bayonet for 150 bucks. Yep, just like well, two years ago, I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, sad. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like 369. Still, like, you know what? Uh, uh, give it another five years, and people will say, "Oh man, I wish I could have this like a Mosin." Uh, there's, uh, you can't get them anymore, and you'll be like, "Yeah, you know, for this one time, we could get them for 369." <laughs> That's and that true. Be the price because I'm they're right. they're. they're they're collectors' items, right? They're rifles from World War One, World War Two. They're ancient. Their design is ancient. It was ancient when it came out. <laughs> no, and, you're right. Uh, and there's only so many. Like there were a lot of them made, but uh, yeah. they'll so. slowly get bubbled and rusted out of existence. <laughs> yeah, this just means that I need to, um, I need to get more Lee Enfields while I can. Yeah, well, uh, like the SVT forty, right? We could get them for three hundred bucks in around there. And now where are they selling? Six fifty. And, uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be other firearms that are just like that, right? Mm. 
so they get more expensive. So maybe, so for someone who's been like, oh man, I want a Mosin, but I can't get one. Maybe that's, maybe that's the best thing that they could hope for. Actually, you, at, this, at this point, I would, I would say watch the used market if you're going to look for a Mosin or put a wanted to buy out there or something like that, because someone will have bought one for uh, 200 bucks a couple of years ago, and they'll be happy selling it for 200 now. And that would be a better deal than getting one new. Yeah, they will be like me. They will realize the error of their ways and uh, look to get rid of it as soon as possible and feel shame and guilt. And just owning a Mosin lowers your self-esteem. So if you're looking for a Mosin, you need to stop and reevaluate a lot of your life choices. You know what I did with mine? I stored it. I put it. I put it in a, at, a, at my parents' place in a safe there. I don't have to look at it. I don't have to look at it in my safe, and I can just rest easy, knowing it's always appreciating in value. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man! I've also got an SVT40 and an SKS and some other like Milserp stuff that will only go up in price. It's an investment. Garands are investments. Those are guns of shame. Mm, that, those guns, guns of shame, shame are all uh, not. Well, no, the SKSs are still two hundred bucks, but the Mosin and the SKS no, they're not. are both double the price. No, SKSs are already way up past two hundred bucks. Yeah, you can't find. You cannot find an SKS for sale in a store today for two hundred bucks. You can't do it. Hmm. Even when they were two fifty, people are still saying they were two hundred, and they were two fifty plus tax then, like last year. So, I could have sworn I saw some for like two twenty five. If you did, they were absolutely Chinese. Hmm. But even good. even the refurb Russian ones now are two fifty. Sweet, or, gotta go or up more. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Iron Guns has these Heritage Rough Rider uh, twenty two revolvers. Uh, they're real inexpensive, real cheap, <laughs> like one hundred and sixty bucks. Yeah. Yep. Single action uh, twenty two revolvers. Yep. Now, when I went on, I only found one. They didn't list all these ones that they have listed here. There's only a, a, a single six and a half inch barrel. Oh, they've version. been selling a lot of them then. They because have to, they had a whole, the only one. But the, now that's the thing. Now I went and I tried to un like change the filter and I put it to all, and it showed me a different revolver that didn't include the one that I looked at the switch? first time. No, their 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 filter is not work. working well on their website. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're junk. Oh, that one's kind of cool. It's got a faux snakeskin handle. You know, they're uh, they're a good replica of a like Colt single action army. Yeah, and twenty two. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of neat. You fun to play with. Yeah. Well, if you compare that to the Ruger single six for seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be uh, for 160 US. I'd be willing to put up with some tomfoolery on having to fit or or modify things if I had to. I yeah. would be totally willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not a good first gun, but for someone who's got some experience tinkering a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it says it's a synthetic largemouth bass scaled grip. Oh well, reading matters. So it's not snake. It's fish. It's a well, fish grip. I'm a snake guy, so if... you're gonna slip that right out of your hand, drop it on the. I mean, wiggle. Really? It and, Ooh, who uh, the heck want? You know? Why do you want to be grabbing onto an old fish? Fish. Something maybe it's maybe that whole thing. If you're in the states, you don't get a fish bonker. You get one of those, and you shoot the fish. I guess I'm in. Let's play. It's humane. You put them down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go fish hunting with our 22s. Uh, yeah. Oddly maybe. enough, I'd be in for that. Yep. All right. Well, that's um, that's uh, the new stuff, I guess. I guess we're on to our main topic. 
which I think, uh, Adriel, I think you're the only one that's read this, haven't aren't you? Well, why don't we go through it together? Cause so Don yeah. Plett is a Senator and he put up a, an article on his website about uh, 14 things you should know about violent, violent crime and firearms in Canada. Some of this is going to be yeah. preaching to the choir, but I think that, uh, the way this is worded and the points that he chose to put in here are actually uh, pretty salient. So, so who's Don Platt? What do we know about him? Uh, he's a senator. He's in okay. Store, wow. Uh, Thank you for letting us know that. Up. We've <laughs> he's, he's somebody and who... not on the hockey team, senator. Yeah, it, like politician senator. Yeah, for Canada. Right. He is someone who opposes C seventy one. He is somebody who has done some research with respect to violence in Canada and gun okay. specifically gun violence. And he is somebody who's stood up in the Senate and spoke about this. So he's come up with basically. Where is he from? Uh, he is from someplace. The uh, Senate, Trevor, Canada. Okay. What was he doing before he became a senator? I have no idea. So, okay, we haven't really... So we don't know anything about him. All right. All right. You guys... Except except that we know that he has a, a past of, of, of not supporting anti-gun legislation. Good right. enough. So right. is it safe to assume then that his political leanings are conservative? conservative? Yep. Cool. All right. Do you want to go through the points on it? Yep. Yeah, let's go through them point, but we'll, maybe we'll I'll just start reading them and we'll talk about them. Yeah. All right. So the first point he, well, he, he Number one. starts off with the debate over the regulation of firearms in Canada is often influenced more by emotion than facts. I agree with that. Since good public policy should be based on solid evidence, following are a few facts for consideration. Number one, violent crime is decreasing in Canada. The number of people charged in violent criminal code violations has decreased by about 25% over the last 20 years, from almost 700 per 1,000 persons to just over 500. And yeah. he's got a StatsCan website link for that. So that's that's a good thing to note, is that our violent crime rate is going down. And that's something I've been saying for the last 10 years, as long as I've been looking into it anyway, that this is we're on a downward trend. Of, of violent crime. So it, it only seems like more violence is happening because the news sensationalizes it because it gets the news better ratings. And right. and we're more plugged in, right? So uh, in the past, you would read the newspaper in the morning. Maybe you listen to the radio or something like that. Right. You'd watch the evening news and that would be it. It would yeah. be like only certain times of the day. Now, now it's on you Facebook. Read the news on, and, on the John. You read you, you know, on Facebook yeah. and other places. Twitter so we and just, all other stuff. Yeah, we get access to more information now. I think that's uh, that's why it seems like violent crime is going up when in fact And it might also seem not. like it's going up because you read this same story about the same thing from 16 different perspectives and outlets and it might seem like, you know, more than one events occurred and it, you just remember multiple times of of reading the same story over and over again because everybody like you said everybody wants to get a piece of this action and and put it on the news to get better ratings and stuff so yeah. Yeah. One interesting thing, thing about this article, all of his facts, they all come with a link. I was or just going to say that. Yep. Everything he reference. says, everything he says, he references straight to StatsCan. Like this, and this is going back to his point about fact over emotion. Yep. I just made a statement, and here's StatsCan to back it up. It's the same as in the United States when they talk yep. about the gun crime versus gun law states, the states with the highest amount of gun 
crime also have the strictest gun control. You don't believe me? Here's the FBI stats to back it yeah. up. Look it up. Yeah. The, yeah. And, and it, it, now you can say, I don't care about what your emotions tell you. Well, I feel like violent crime is a problem. Well, I don't care if you feel like it is. It's not because mm. here is the proof. Yep. Okay. Number two, his second point, Canada's homicide rate is trending downward. So as reported by Stats Canada, despite year-to-year fluctuations of Canadian homicide statistics, the rate of homicide in Canada has generally been decreasing over the years. Uh, Homicides peaked in 1975 and have been trending downward ever since. In fact, uh, since 75, the homicide rate in Canada has dropped by almost half. So we're killing each other a lot less than we used to be. Yay! I guess yeah, there's less it. people that need killing. Maybe. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe all the people that need to be killed is killed already. Maybe. And we don't we don't just procreate enough. We we need to yeah, we need to produce more people, maybe. I, I don't know. No, okay. I think I, I, yeah. Could be a lot okay, of reasons for this. It could be uh it could be better policing. It could yep. be um you know, there's lots of different factors that go into this kind of thing. Lots of more important factors than uh, No, man, I'm pretty sure it's just that all the people who need to be killed have been killed. Okay. <laughs> Point. Right? Yeah. It's no. Like, if you want an interesting take on the uh, the factors that affect violent crime, you should check out the book Freakonomics. Oh yeah. It's an it's got an interesting take on it. I'm not sure you could take it as gospel or 100. percent But well, you might as well say it. Like like his his hypoth- hypothesis is that um, easily accessible abortion dropped the crime rate. Yeah. Because people who were in situations wow. before where they couldn't they they just couldn't take care of their kids and they did a crap job of it they their could kids, now yeah. not have another option see yeah. Yeah, prove my hypothesis turned, yeah their kids did yeah the right people got killed <laughs> oh, that is man. dark oh, that dark. is dark oh, oh. Oh, but you no, know, that is what that is what the author of Freakonomics says. Is he says that uh, easily accessible abortions reduce the the violent crime rate, and you know you, the way he he words murder it them before they it. can murder you. That's <laughs> what he said. It's what he said. Okay, yep. we need to move on. Stuff. Yep. There's an <laughs> all right. <laughs> Kelly thinks we need to move on, so let's move on. Uh, the use of firearms and homicides is trending downward. They've right. been trending downward since 1974, a 20% increase between 2013 and 2016. But those were the lowest rate of fatal shootings ever recorded. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was driven by a substantial increase in gang-related homicides over that period. Uh, despite this increase, the long-term trend continues to point downward. So, yeah, we had a bit of a spike between 2013 and 2016, but we also had a spike in gang-related crime at that point as well. So it makes sense that there would be a correct. spike there. But the trend is still continuing down. It's not because we have less guns now than we had in 74. We have way, way more guns more. now than we had then. Yeah. This next one's fun. Knives are used more often than guns and homicides. Yep. So since 74, the use of knives has been trending upwards while the use of guns has been trending downwards. Knives, bats, and also people's hands. Well, time, to, I uh, think... time to license knives. you got to be 18 to buy a knife. Unless it's an assault <laughs> knife, then it's 21. This yeah. is sort of the same thing that happens with the suicide rate is the suicide rate stayed the same when gun control laws came into effect, but there were fewer gun suicides, but the same amount of people died. This seems to me, or this feels to me, and this is purely emotion that, you know, the, 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 maybe gun 
access to guns were sort of limited since then. And so people started using knives to kill each other. So like, again, it goes like the presence of a condom is not going to make you want to have sex. You're going to want to have sex with or without the condom. Condoms don't naturally encourage people to have sex. Just like, Guns don't naturally encourage people to want to kill themselves. Someone who's suicidal is going to find a way to do it. Yeah. And likewise, if you're going to murder somebody, you're going to find a way to do it, whether it's a knife or whether it's a gun. And if you, you know, control access to the guns, people just kill each other with knives. And if you control access to the knives, they'll kill each other with bats. You control the bats, they'll kill each other with their teeth or their fists. And it'll go all the way down to Moses lack with a board and a nail in it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to get a board with two nails in it. Yeah. And someday they'll create a board so big with a nail so big, they'll destroy themselves entirely. <laughs> yeah. I think the most ridiculous uh, example right now of, uh, of how far this goes is Australia. I think it's one of their states. Uh, I think it's. Uh, yeah. They just banned a, uh, it's not even a paintball gun. It's like a paintball oh, gun, but not gel, a paintball the gun. Gel... Oh yes, yeah, the cap things, whatever they're called. Those they, yeah. they didn't just ban them; those have been banned for a while. Some poor guy imported some and found out that he just imported some prohibited guns and got yeah. in trouble for it. But they, but they have a, a ban on uh, if you're 17, you can't buy plastic cutlery because it's it's against the law to buy a knife if you're under the age of 18. That's silly. Wow, mm-hmm. it's not silly; it's asinine. All right. All right. Uh, point number five: Guns are rarely used in the commission of violent crimes in Canada. Stats can said that a small proportion of police reported violent crime involves firearms, and then he's got stats to back it up. So only two point seven percent of the time, violent crimes um, had a firearm in it, and only one point six percent of the time there was a handgun. So again, if you don't have guns. a gun, you're still going to commit a crime. This is correct. Mm-hmm. Increased gang activity has substantially contributed to the homicide rate in recent years. Really? Mm-hmm. That's like saying, yeah. The more libraries we have, the more literacy we have. No, no, no. Don't be blaming the libraries for my good reading. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, well reading. Between uh... <laughs> my well reading. Between ninety-six and two thousand sixteen, gang-related homicides increased by four. Hundred percent. Correct. Wow. Time to join a gang. No. Get killed. <laughs> One in four homicide victims in 2016 had links to organized crime or a street gang. So, a full quarter of the people murdered were already involved with crime to begin with. So, live by the sword, die by the gun. I would be interested in see what the statistic is with respect to that. And also, okay, so one in four were victims of the victims were involved in organized crime or street gang. But I'd also like to see what the victims are in relation to it being part of an organized crime or or a street gang activity. Do you know what I mean? Because there's a difference. Or the rate of uh, innocent victims where they... Right. Mistaken identity, like, oh yeah, it's Bob. It's like, nah, it's not Bob. It's just some random guy driving down the street, and you know he gets off for for no particular good reason. It seems to happen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Bob specifically, yeah. definitely Bob's. You're always looking for him. Uh, all right. Uh, most gun crimes are not committed with legally owned firearms. That's a good one. 
According to the federal government, the vast majority of owners of handguns and other firearms in Canada lawfully abide by requirements, and most gun crimes are not committed with legally owned firearms. Again, there's a public safety uh, website link there to, uh, to, to prove that. So it, we're not the problem. The gun owners are not the problem. Uh, handguns have been registered in Canada since 1934. Not many people are aware of that fact, but it's true. Handguns were already restricted firearms and have been registered since 34. In spite of this, handguns are more commonly used, used in homicides and long guns. So despite that, the fact that we've had our handguns controlled for so long, they're still the most prolific firearm used when their firearm is used. Really, you would use the easily concealable firearm for... No, again, you, logic. You, you're telling me registrations don't prevent crime? What? That's yeah, that's the next point I was going to make. You're right. Yep, it just simply doesn't work. So, and and what's interesting is, even though they were registered, we were still allowed to hunt with them up until what was yeah. it? I forget when, but it was, was it not in all the that 70s? long ago. Yeah. 70s? Oh, not all I would, that long I would ago. love we were, to go grouse hunting with like a, oh. a 22 handgun on a holster. Oh, absolutely, that would be- that'd be so much fun. Well, just just having both your hands for him to kind of go through a, the the bush Rush, and look yep. for grouse, yeah, yep. and then you shoot your grouse, boop, holster your pistol, and now you can now you've got two hands to take care of the bird. You don't have a rifle leaning up against a tree somewhere where it can fall over. Yep. So the pistols that are being used are illegal; they're not registered. Yeah, you know that, right? Yep. yep. So you, me, whoever has a registered. Legally registered firearm, whether it be a pistol. Okay. Oh, we're not we're not one of these statistics. No, we're not. No. The number of people being charged for breaking the Firearms Act is minuscule. In twenty seventeen, the rate of persons being charged for breaking the Firearms Act was less than one quarter of one person per one hundred thousand people. Or just over two people per million people. And it's so minuscule, they don't even track it. Adriel, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking on the show about some piece of information that somebody wanted from the RCMP about a violation of the Firearms Act. And it's like, uh, we don't know. We don't we don't keep track of it. Yeah, not enough of it to even bother with keeping stats on. So we have this huge law that they don't even, it, it doesn't even, it's not effective. If, if people aren't being charged with these crimes, obviously the law is not being, it's not effective because people don't do those things to begin with. Or people are just following the rules so much okay. that they, it just never gets violated. Or they're, being or they're not enforcing it. Or, or people aren't getting caught. I don't know. Or mm-hmm. if the ones that are being caught, they're being charged and then the charges are being dropped. Maybe. So they're, they're not tracking that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So regardless, again, it shows that firearms owners are not the problem. Uh, Banning handguns or introducing more firearm regulations does not reduce gun violence. Mm. This fact is noted on the website in Public Safety Canada. In all cases, the data does not conclusively demonstrate that these handguns or assault weapon bans have led to reductions in gun violence, according to gun control experts. Every time you try and ban something, you create an illegal market for it. The war on drugs there were no winners. Um, prohibition brought us organized crime, Al Capone, whiskey running, um, backroom bars, bootlegging that people were being poisoned with the homemade liquor. If you ban something, all it does is drive it underground into an uncontrolled market, a black market. 
I don't understand how our lawmakers and policymakers have not learned the lessons of the past. This is why we study history so that we know the mistakes of the past. So we're supposed to learn from them. It's, every time they, yeah, it's because they don't care about the past or what the history is. It's because they want to do something to make it appear like they're doing something. So they get to keep their job and people vote for them again. Right. But in, in reality, what they're doing is actually in the long term causing more harm than good. And everybody yes. still keeps to, uh, to accept that model, that yes, flawed, but, broken model. It is a flawed, broken model, and they don't care. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get drugs off the street in Canada by making them legal. We're gonna get guns off the street in Canada by banning them. You yep. effing idiots! The guns yes. that are on the street are already in the hands of the people who are banned uh, yep. from having them. Yep, that's it, it. Like conversation over. It's dumb. Like move to Greenland. Ugh. This Very rant specific. brought to you by Trevor Furlot. <laughs> oh, sorry, Adriel. You don't like it? Move to Greenland. Yeah, Green, Greenland has the highest suicide rate in the world. That's that's why. I said oh, that's that was that's a real stretch connecting those two things. Clever, here, well, but. all right, it's a clever way of me telling them to go kill themselves without <laughs> without doing it. Because <laughs> now you have rude, but now I have yeah. <laughs> uh, to Kelly's chagrin. Point twelve. There is no association between an increase in gun ownership and the homicide rate. So again, despite concerns to the contrary, research shows that increased legal gun ownership does not result in an increased homicide rate. So uh, there's no correlation between levels of gun ownership and suicide rates. So despite the um, firearms ownership levels going up, the suicide rate has not changed. It has not gone up or down. Um, <clears throat> That's because guns don't make you suicidal. The rate of does. fire, yeah, so it does say here the rate of firearm suicides has dropped without the evidence of a similar reduction in the rate of firearm ownership. Mm. Interesting. So, more guns, yeah. less suicide by gun. Right. Yep. Uh, background checks, this is the last point he makes. Background checks under the Firearms Act have had no impact on homicide or spousal homicide rates. So despite the fact that they call my wife every time I renew my license to say, is it okay if Matthew has a gun? Um, they, it still doesn't matter. It still makes no impact on uh, whether or not um, the, you know, the, the, the homicide rate changes. Like it, it's no impact on it. The interesting thing is um, points 12 and 14, are uh, he references Kylan Langman. So that's cool. Nice. We know Kylan. He's a cool guy. I know him. I know him. <laughs> he makes so yeah, no, that, that is something that we should post on our website, on our YouTube, and on our YouTube, on our Facebook and stuff. And all you listeners should go grab that link and share it on your page. Because we need more people to read this and understand that um yeah, the the guns and the gun law gun owners law, lying law lying. gun owners yeah law, lying gun owners are not the issue and lying guns are not the issue either. It's the ill lying. That sleeping guns, guns lie. That's oh, right. God. What? I don't know. But yeah, no. Share this. We'll post it. You share it. You tell people. This is the way it is. This is the way it do. It do not be bad. <laughs> well, the nice thing is that uh, despite you know our illiteracy, this is fairly literate and easy to understand. It is. For any- yes. Yeah, please don't it's, let. It's laid right out there. And not only that, the proof is right there as a link. Click mm-hmm. the link and see the proof. The proof is the proof. The proof mm-hmm. is yeah, like pepper yeah. on steak. Huh? <laughs> eggs. Eggs. He puts pepper on eggs. 
Oh, I thought it was steak. Oh, no, whatever. he said eggs in that interview. I don't care about him. He he wore his helmet backwards. He did. Yeah. But he had no problem choking <laughs> a protester. No, he didn't. I do I do applaud him for that. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love a prime minister who'll choke a pro- choke, choke out a, a protester. protester. That's right. What did, yeah. what did he do? Did he hit the guy with the what did he hit his No, that's shooter? not when he was hit with a pie. That was uh no, he hit he hit a home intruder with something, didn't he? Or he choked. Oh him yeah, out. he had he, he had did. like. Oh, that's um, right. Somebody made it all the way into his bedroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to love a prime minister who solves problems with violence. Love him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Trudeau's on stage yelling at some woman, calling her a racist because she wants Quebec to get reimbursed for all the refugees that went in illegally. So that makes her a racist. Someone like gives Chrétien a shove and he chokes him out. Yeah, and that's, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't put up with it. No. <laughs> no. Let me show you the Schwinnigan handshake by your throat. <laughs> oh, crap. Well, we don't have an email. Nobody sent us any email. No. Not so, even Spencer. Not even Spencer. No. So you guys get on the email and like send us an email. My goodness, we got to have something to read. Trevor needs to read something. He hasn't read anything all night. Trevor <laughs> wants to read your emails. Yeah. The only thing that Trevor needs to read is 1911, 45 ACP. That's all yeah. he cares about. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess um, we don't have any. U- uh, do we have any YouTube question stuff? Listener yeah. feedback. Stuff? Yes, You're... we do. All right, do that then. There was Adriel. a question for Kelly. Uh, ladies' perspective needed. What's a good budget priced pistol for lady shooters? Quick, can... Trevor, tell them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Because Trevor knows. <laughs> well, Trevor's a lady. <laughs> 1911. Yeah, get 1911 and 22. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Get one of those GSG oh, 22s. 45. 45 no. is all you need. Get it Get it in tw- get 1911 and 22. You can change out the trigger. You can change out the grips. You can change out the back strap. You can make it fit their hand. Yep. You need something that's going to fit them. Yeah. So... doesn't matter what it is as long as it fits. And most right. women have smaller hands. or so get a smaller gripped gun. Don't right. get them a Glock. No, a Glock does not fit women. Just saying. Not often. No. So you did see say GSG 1911. It actually is a good starter pistol. It's Don't starter get them pistol? a starter pistol. They can't hit crap with those. Lame. <laughs> not saying a starter pistol. It's a good entry level. Good lord. Starter pistol. What's a good entry level starter pistol? Well, one that shoots blanks, I guess. I don't know. It'll fit their hands, and they uh, can actually hit stuff. Wow, you sound you sound terrible. Thank you. I feel Hi. horrible. Thank Hi. you, Galen. Love you. Oh, you poor thing. I feel for you. What else do we I, got on I there? I didn't even touch him, and I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he touched you, didn't he? <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> uh, that's, the, that's the power of the gallon. Yeah. Infecting <laughs> without touching. Uh. Adriel, there is a question from Mark about your holster for your Shadow 2. Oh, yeah, I put it in there. I, uh, the Safari. So if it's for three gun, it's not, not for Epsic. It's an Epsic guy. Oh, it's for Epsic. Oh, something else. Uh, yeah. Red Hill Tactical, maybe? Or, yeah, uh, Red Hill Tactical is a good one. Yeah. A Blade Tech on a Sierra Speed hanger. Just don't get a Blade Tech with a dropped and offset hanger. Not legal. Right. Unless Prime. you're, unless you're yeah. shaped a certain way, and that way is grimacy. <laughs> uh, Brian Rance wants to know Adriel, or sorry, Matthew or Trevor uh, are you guys familiar with uh, Uncle Mike's Reflex uh, holsters sold by Cabela's? Would it be appropriate for Black Badger at SICK? 
I'm does it cover familiar. the trigger guard? Uh, it, it's more than that, though, Matthew. Not only does it tr- cover the trigger guard, but does the is it held in place with a lock that you deactivate with your trigger finger? Oh, or is it one of them crappy fabric things? What was it? Yeah, I've never. Look, I tell you yeah. what, I've never heard of a good Uncle Mike's holster yet. Prove me wrong. I, I oh. haven't either. I have one, and it's no, actually for what it is, it's not bad. It's not a competition holster. It's a. It's a, just one of them nylon. Not not plastic, hard plastic, but the nylon fabric, whatever. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. Um, it's it's an okay holster for carrying a gun that you don't want to follow because it has a strap and it covers a trigger guard. And that's all it does. It's not a competition holster at all. So I'm not saying Uncle Mike's makes bad holsters. I'm saying they don't make good competition holsters. <laughs> um, if and you look- like Trevor said, if you use your trigger finger to disable the catch on it to get the out of your holster, don't get it. Yeah, they make a little. reflex competition holster. Uncle Mike's does. I'm looking it up now to see. One second. I'll share it with our listeners so that they can see my screen. and or Sorry, our viewers and our listeners will. They're, they're screwed. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're screwed. Yeah, sorry, guys. There's the, there's the competition holster. It's competition because the barrel sticks out the end. And then it's competition because there's no locks on it. And then we'll have one that doesn't stick out the end. Oh, no. Come on. Let, let me have this. Okay, you can have this one. Um, okay, it, yeah, but it doesn't have a lock on it. Where it looks yeah, like that just looks like a, a, a molded Kydex holster, and molded Kydex holsters Kydex. are usually fine. It's oh, not yeah. Kydex. It says it's it a like grip and twist, grip and twist action to release Ooh. the firearm for draw. And no. No. no, 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 Mister Peter, no, no, you buy pledge. Yeah. So, um. If you're looking no. for a relatively inexpensive IPSC appropriate holster or IDPA or whatever, start by looking at the blade text and then some of yep. the ghost, some of the ghost models like the stinger. And there's another one that they make that is uh PDR a P- a ghost PDR. I've not heard of that one, but like it blade tech. And then after blade tech, you can get up into like a ghost. I was running a blade tech holster on a CR speed C backs hanger forever. Adriel, can you put the thing on me for a second? Uh, yeah. Sorry. The PDR is a double alpha. There you go. Okay. So yeah, so that's going to be expensive. So here's your, here's your blade tech holster, right? And it comes with its own hanger. It's typically a hanger like it's convenient. I'm right next to my uh, my holster drawer, so we can do a segment on holsters. <laughs> Kelly, Jesus. Oh. Um, well, <laughs> let's, Sorry, uh, let's, let's make this a topic. Like we we could do a topic on holsters. We could. Why don't we do one of the main topics right. on holsters. Tune in next week when we discuss holsters for carry versus competition. There we go. All right. I cool. like it. I'll break out all my holsters. Wait, I, I like, only I like it too. You have three. That like three is two more than most people have. That's true. Three holsters. I have three yes, holsters. Most Trevor has three hundred. Most people have a holster. Dude, yeah. I have a look. I have a drawer. He of has holsters. a drawer of holsters. I've got a pile of two, two. two fistfuls right here. So yeah, it'll be good. Um, it'll be good shit. holsters. Yeah, I haven't done that. I like holsters. it. I like it. Let's do it. Let's do holsters. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now what? Any other questions about non-holster things? Now we wrap up and say goodbye because I got to pack. So there's no more YouTube questions? No more YouTube questions. All right. No more listener feedback. That is it. That's all. Shout outs. Trevor? Uh, nope. Adriel? Not it. Kelly? Uh, no. Oh, my. Well, I do. Dave and Darren? 
All right. Patreon supporters. Any new ones? Nope. No email. No new Patreons. My goodness. They'd be in there. That's my section. Well, they ain't there. Sign that's off. Oh, that's me. Um, do the thing what you're supposed to do with the gun associations and stuff. Sign up and whatnot. Do the thing on the Facebook and the thing and the stuff. It's cool. You should do it. It's fun. Um, thanks. Good night. Bye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.